the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. I'm going to pray for us as we start. Lord, as we approach your word, I pray that you would give us vision to see things as you do. And that you would be teaching us and showing us particularly, particular things that you want us to hear tonight. And helping us to see how you want us to respond. So we commit this, 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 the rest of our time together into your hands. Amen. I don't know if um, this picture says anything to you, um, but... Um, in the 1990s, the magic eye books were this incredible phenomenon and everybody was looking at these pictures and seeing something hidden in them and I couldn't see it. And it was deeply frustrating and in the end I just had to say, I'm not looking at it anymore, I just can't get it. Um, Miraculously, <laughs> something's happened in my brain or my eyes or something, and recently these magic eye pictures have started coming onto my Facebook feed, and I've, oh yeah, I can, if I just relax my eyes, I can, I can see the picture that's hidden in there. I don't think it, know that it works at this um, distance, but I can see that, oh yes, there's an indentation that's heart-shaped, and as I tilt my head and look in different ways, I can see more and more details. Wow, this is amazing. I never saw this before. Well, so it is with Proverbs and me. I have always avoided Proverbs because it seems so black and white and um, just doesn't seem to work out in real life. And so I would avoid it. Uh, until I was forced to address it because I was assigned to do this talk this evening. <laughs> um, but actually, it's been a really useful exercise in learning how to grapple with wisdom literature. And uh, alongside Ecclesiastes and the book of Job, these texts that don't necessarily um, give us things that we... We can just see instantly and we can apply and we know what to do with them. But they require some chewing over, some meditating, some returning to, questioning, looking at, at different angles at and talking over with others. And um, I find it really interesting that there's four different speakers in this series and we're going to have different approaches. So one of the things I, I love about Samuel... There are, there are many, he's a dear brother, um, are his, his logical, clear thinking. And I found it really helpful to go through what he was saying again last week because it, it unpacked the text really helpfully for me. Now, you, you're going to get a slightly different approach tonight. And I, I, I would imagine you'll get something different again next week when Simon speaks and then again with Richard. Uh, but we are hoping to encourage you, and not our voices alone, but for us all to be delving deeper into these texts and trying to get a sense of what God is saying about true wisdom. So it's my prayer tonight 
that as we look at Proverbs 2 and 3, or parts of it, um, we will be inspired to live a life of wisdom with gratitude for the impact on our lives that it gives us now. And so um, we're going to be having a quick look or recap at what is this wisdom that we speak of, (laughs) and then um, addressing a few questions uh, that come up. And then we will think about the worth of wisdom, the impact that it has on our lives, or as, as the subheadings in our Bibles might say, the benefits and the well-being that it leads to. And then thinking about our response. So wisdom, what is it? Proverbs 9 verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. As Samuel said last week, it's a matter of listening to the right voice, the voice of God, loving God, the right person, and then putting their words of wisdom into action. Fearing God is not about being afraid of him, but having a right understanding of who he is, his power and his might that we've been singing about alongside his love for us. And then wisdom is applying that understanding of him and his words and his ways so that I will live a life that is pleasing to him. So let's read a bit more from Proverbs 3. Blessed blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold she is more precious than rubies nothing you desire can compare with her long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace she's a tree of life to those who take hold of her those who hold her fast will be blessed The writer counts godly wisdom as something so valuable that it far outweighs the most precious things that he can imagine. Well, let's look at another part of today's text, which very much follows a pattern that we will see elsewhere in Proverbs. If you do this thing, then this thing will happen. And in the text, you'll see that I've put, if you do this thing in red, hopefully it's clear, and then this will happen is the benefit or the result um, that's in blue. Take a look and see what you make of it. My son, do not forget, oh, and this is in Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 10. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. 
Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with uh, overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. And these are right ways to live. I don't think we can question that. But are they promises or are they principles? If we were to read on, we would see in 19 and 20 that by wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. This God of wisdom is the creator of everything. So it makes sense that by following the maker's instructions, there should be a tangible positive impact on the way our lives turn out but is life really a case of if you do this good thing then this good thing will happen some of us here may well know the struggle of broken relationships ill health financial problems loneliness infertility with loved ones who've walked away from faith. And if we don't experience that personally, then we surely know others that do. So we know from experience that following God's ways does not always guarantee long life, peace, prosperity, favor, popularity, health, nourishment, and the abundance that's mentioned here. So it would be easy to fall into the trap of thinking that if we can just try harder at living a good life and pleasing God, then these blessings would no longer elude us. But we have to recognize that in our broken world, there is still pain and loss for now. We're in that tension of the now, knowing some of the blessings of God's kingdom and the not yet, because not everything um, has come to uh, perfection that we are looking forward to. So these principles we read in Proverbs are just that. Principles, but not promises. I heard it described in a talk I was listening to recently by my favourite my favorite speaker, Paul Mallard, <laughs> um, from a church in Bath. And he described... Um, that if we have a road map, it may well be accurate, but if the land is damaged by earthquake, then there are new obstacles and roadblocks that get in the way. And so the reality of the road that you're on may not match the perfect map that's there. I found that, that quite helpful to think about. I think we need to be really careful about how we talk about the blessings in our life when we do have them or when we get them after a season of waiting. It's easy to say, God is so good, he gave me these things. Or to respond to others and say, oh, you deserve this. It's your time. And I've had that said to me, and I've said it, I no doubt. God's goodness, though, doesn't depend on him giving us blessings now. He's good anyway. And if we do receive his blessings, we can't draw the conclusion that we're more deserving than another person. 
So a question is, sometimes what we're reading doesn't seem to work. But also, do I match up? Now, I'll be honest, I find Proverbs very black and white descriptions of godly living, and especially that that super organized, super industrious, super skilled, super woman of wisdom in Proverbs 31, pretty hard to live up to, and it's a bit tempting to give up trying. (laughs) And maybe if I don't match up, then, well, actually, maybe I don't have the relationship with God that I thought I did. Well, that's a scary thought. So it's easy to hide from these words, just like I hid from the magic eye books, and focus on the bits of the Bible that are easier. Can I say that if you're in that position tonight of feeling that you keep letting God down repeatedly, or you're not sure if actually you you know him, and you want to, can you take a listen to some of our morning talks on Romans? which speak of the mercy of God shown to us in our sin through Jesus. He longs for us to truly know and enjoy the freedom from sin that he died to bring us. And this is a gift for all of us, however undeserving we might feel. So we may not find answers to all of our questions tonight, but I think it's important to acknowledge them and to know where to go with them. And I hope maybe we'll have just a bit of space to do that this evening. Now, it's clear that as we read Proverbs, there are two options to us. The way of the fool who doesn't fear God or acknowledge him and the way of the wise who does. So we're going to look a bit at the way of the wise. And if we imagine um, us being on a path, there are four descriptions of this path that we'll look at tonight. Now... I so appreciate it when speakers come up with handy headlines, all with the same, starting with the same letter, um, and so I, I, or or fitting into a nice pattern. And I was trying to do like, I don't know, the fear-filled path, the right path, the safe path, the correcting path. Um, I don't know the awe-filled path that went into that got chucked out. The disciplinary path, no, that didn't work. So sorry that we have to stick with these ones. They're the path of growing wisdom, the right path, the safe path, and the path of correction. And they're not four different paths. They're they're four descriptions for the, the path of the wise. Okay. The path of growing wisdom. It would seem that as we choose wisdom and let it grow in our lives, wisdom becomes its own reward. As we fear the Lord and seek to gain a right understanding of who he is, then our fear and understanding of him will grow. Let's look at how the writer tells us to get this wisdom. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you... Turning your ear to wisdom, applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
memoir. This is one of the joys of reading wisdom literature. If you like picture language or if you're a wordsmith like I am, can like enjoy the different ways of saying um, what's going on here <coughs> and also picture the activities going on. Well, even if your brain isn't wired that way, it is clear that seeking wisdom is an active thing. Many of the most beloved stories and movies depict a great quest. And this is what the writer is describing here, with the greatest possible reward being knowing God, and not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. And this is an ongoing quest because there's always more to discover of God's character, his works, his mission, and what he wants to do through us. Um, one of the reasons I sign up to do talks is a pretty selfish one um, because it does me a lot of good to dwell on scripture as I prepare. As I look back over the last few weeks, and I've been spending quite a bit of time specifically focusing on God's words about wisdom. I've also seen a few ways that it's become part of my thinking. So as I gave advice to someone, wow, where did that come from? Wow, that idea that came into my head, that's a small change that will make a big difference in my life. That scripture showed me a completely new thing about God's character. He's even more amazing than I realized. These are things that I've been thinking. But here's another one. Why did I just do that? How could I forget what I've just been reading? I'm such a work in progress, aren't you? We need more of his wisdom, don't we? Incredibly, God wants to give us more of himself. Take a moment to savour that thought and give thanks that there's always more to discover. Trust in the Lord. We're now thinking about being on the right path and knowing God's guidance. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Does he make our paths straight? I picture a pathway free of stones and obstructions and detours and steep climbs and darkness that I can walk on without trouble. But I don't think that's what's guaranteed. Another translation is that he will direct our paths. I think that's maybe a bit more realistic. What is God's plan for my life? How do I know God's will? How do I make a choice between one good thing and another good thing? Might I miss out on something important if I get it wrong? These are questions I've asked at various stages in my life, <laughs> probably will again, and, and I'm privileged in my current role to listen to many who are asking them right now. And I've found myself over and over again recalling and praying through this, this, um, this saying of trusting in the Lord with all our heart, leaning not on, a, not our, own, on our own understanding, 
submitting to him and he will direct our path. I do believe that as we get more accustomed to walking closely with God, hearing his voice, we are more likely to instinctively know how to make some good decisions or at least have the criteria to make a choice with confidence. But let's never get arrogant or comfortable in our own understanding. We really miss what's right, don't we? And sometimes God leads us into situations which only make sense if we're depending fully on him. It's a scary but exhilarating place to be. So let's be open to this if God is calling us into something new. But make sure we are acknowledging him in all our ways. Those of us in a more settled stage of life could maybe do with asking God more often, what's the best, the wisest way of living my life right now? Are there changes he's wanting me to make as I think about my finances, my use of time, my friendships, my business? And what new thing might God be leading me into that is going to require a new stretch of faith? Let's view God's involvement in the details and the grand sweep of our lives as something that's a privilege, a joy and a real faith adventure. Thirdly, we're reflecting on the safe path. It's said that the most often repeated commandment in scripture is do not fear. And there's plenty we could fear, isn't there? And there's plenty that can cause us to lose sleep. In our world, our circumstances, our relationships, our own bodies and minds. Well, let's see the connection that the writer of Proverbs makes between wisdom and our experience of um, things that could cause us fear. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. There are certainly, there have certainly been times where we can think of I can think of where we've known God's protection or sensed that he was leading us away from danger. I am so grateful for that reality. But we can't always assume that will be our experience. But there's a promise in verse 26 that I know to be true. As I've witnessed the suffering of loved ones and wondering what was going to happen to them, I've experienced intense fear. And I haven't always seen God take away the suffering. But I really have come to see how real his presence has been in the midst of it. Does he keep my foot from being snared? Not always. 
But the fact is that he has freed me from the thing that I should be most afraid of, the consequences of my sin, the punishment I deserve because of my sin. Again, if you're not hearing the sermons on Romans, can I encourage you to give them a listen or go back to them? It's been such a blessing and breakthrough for many people over these last few weeks as we've heard the truth of our rescue from sin by the Lord Jesus and the eternal security that that brings. So if you are feeling fearful right now, how might a greater awareness of God's presence make a real difference in your life? It might help to pray with someone about this tonight or on your own or with other people. Look for scriptures and there are so many that remind us that our mighty, powerful, loving God is with us. Take hold of those. They are true. Finally, we come to the benefit that we wish we didn't have to have, correction. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Now, it's usually, it seems like a no-brainer when we read Proverbs that there's a right thing to do and a wrong thing to do. But so often we miss things or we become desensitized or blind to the sin or folly in our lives. And sometimes we need the Lord's discipline. As we walk closely with him, I think we can expect to see him highlighting things that are wrong in our lives. Shining a light on those idol, idols that get in the way and obscure our sight of him. This may mean that I experience pain as he withholds or takes away things that are wrong or not so good to allow space for his best for me. Sometimes, of course, when I've done wrong and I seek forgiveness, well, sometimes he bails me out. But sometimes I feel the effects of my sin. So where we, experience, where we experience hardship in our lives, whether it's a result of the fallen world or the discipline of God the cons or the consequences of our sin, a good thing to ask is, what does he want to teach me through this? Incredibly, while he loves and accepts us as we are, he is also seriously about the business of growing us into the likeness of Jesus. As we're reminded in Hebrews 12, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. So as we experience correction on this path, let's give thanks that it's at the hand of the one who knows us, loves us, and is training us towards righteousness and peace. So to sum up, we've seen how living a life in which wisdom, the fear of the Lord, the knowledge of himself, 
and the application of that knowledge into godly living takes us on a path that is wise, where we get to know more and more of God. That's right, where we can have confidence in his guidance. That's safe, where we can know security in his presence. And that's a place of of training and correction as we grow more like Jesus um, under his um, discipline. But we've also acknowledged that there are questions. And frankly, it can be hard coming to church, being around other Christians, praying, opening up God's word as we grapple with apparently hollow promises or a sense of never being good enough. And it's right to acknowledge that. Well, how should we respond? It may be that we hear the invitation to grow in wisdom and we want to say yes. Ask for it. The book of James tells us that if we lack wisdom, we should ask with faith and God will freely give it to us. And to help us as we grow in wisdom, there are some questions you might want to ask yourself. How am I seeking to deepen my relationship with the one who is all wisdom? What's the wisest way of living my life right now? And what new ways might God want to speak to me or stretch me? How might a greater awareness of God's presence make a real difference in my life, especially where I'm afraid? And what is he wanting to teach me through this time of correction? This is so good for us. Why would we want to live our life another way? Why waste money on things that don't satisfy? We were made to know and love the Lord. I think he would say to us, go for it. But there are other people, some of us, that will have questions about and for God. We feel let down by him as we consider failure or heartbreak or loss. And our prayers don't seem to make any effect. Why doesn't what I read fit what I'm experiencing? And I think he would say with compassion, don't give up. Bring your questions and your heartache to him and cry aloud for the understanding he wants to bring you, the knowledge of himself and the comfort that only he can bring. Or we may feel that we have let God down and we can't possibly live up to the things that we're reading through Proverbs. And our weary hearts aren't even sure if we want to. Yet deep down we long for this wisdom in our hearts. And I think maybe God would say, don't hide. Come to him and speak honestly. Confess sins and know his forgiveness. Ask for his cleansing and the power of the Holy Spirit to move you forward. We'll close by returning to our reading in Proverbs 3, verse 13 to 18. It mentions a tree of life, and it calls to mind that perfect world that God designed and made, which had a tree of life at its heart. And we read about it in Genesis 2. 
we also read of a tree of life in the book of Revelation. And it stands in that perfectly restored, renewed heaven and earth, which is our future home if we know the one who is the wisdom of God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if I may, I will reread these verses. But instead of referring to the woman of wisdom, I will insert Jesus' name. The one person who lived a fully wise life. The one in whom all the benefits of wisdom will one day be fully realized. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For the Lord Jesus is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. He is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with him. Long life is in his right hand. In his left hand are riches and honour. His ways are pleasant ways and all his paths are peace. He's a tree of life to those who take hold of him. Those who hold him fast will be blessed. I'm just going to pray and then um, Laura will lead us in a song. Lord God, we so want to know you to fear you, to understand you more. Would you help us, Lord, to seek you? And we bring those questions that we have. We ask that you'd meet with us and speak your words of wisdom to us. And where we have questions to ask ourselves, as we seek to apply your wisdom in our lives, Lord, would you help us with this, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.